you gamify it, and that, that's always what happens when you give people a system to maybe get what they want, you know? White people could just vote to bring back slavery. Instead, the answers are usually, well, people are stupid. The big advantage to monarchy is you know exactly whose head to cut off if there's problems. Philosophers. Philosophers. So, David, what are we talking about today? Well, uh, we were talking before the show, as we usually uh, inadvertently do. The immersion is broken, but go on. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about the will of the people. Oh, yes. So, like, when the people pass on, where their stuff goes? No. <laughs> I mean... Th- those are the wills of the people. Oh. <laughs> Which is different. Oh, you're talking about, like, the collective consciousness of the people? <laughs> We're not quite there yet. Not yet. No. Democracy. Democracy. Okay. That's all. The end. The end. <laughs> um, <laughs> democracy. Most people, I think, would say it's a pretty good idea. Right? I think uh, at least most people in Western societies today would agree with that. Fair enough. What do you think about democracy? And even some people in Eastern societies who appeal to it in the names of their countries, even though they aren't democratic at all. Tangent. Have you ever noticed that every country with the word democratic or peoples in its name, and the more of those that it has, the less of those things that it actually is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have. The more forms of government in your name, like the People's Democratic Republic of Place. The, there's only one of those, I think, but yes. Sure, but but the, it's funnier that way. Yes. Yeah, the, like the People's Republic of China, right. for example. Yeah. What is North Korea's official name? Democratic People's Republic of Korea. Oh, okay. That's the one. I thought the Congo was like that, too. It might be. But either way... I think that one is... It doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter if this is not about which is, specific though. countries. <laughs> well, except that it kind of... No, it isn't. Yeah. So, North Korea, is it democratic? No. Is it a republic? No. Is it belong to the people? Uh, no. <laughs> so... <laughs> It's barely Korea. Um, it's barely Korea. It's not even. It's on the wrong end of the peninsula to even be a peninsula <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Anyway, we're not talking about Korea. No, we're talking about actual democracies. Yes, like in principle, like America. Except that America isn't a democracy. Either. What do you mean? We're a democracy. No, we're not. The end. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but but people say that a lot though. They'll say, "Well, I believe in democracy, and America's a democracy. We have democratic elections, so we're a democracy." We do have democratic elections, if you want to call it that. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think you can stretch the word democratic to to mean whatever it is that we do for elections. Um, <laughs> true. <laughs> no, we're a republic, though. Right. Technically. Yeah. If you mean yeah, the the actual structure of the government. I mean, it's in the it's in the pledge, right? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. Yeah. Right, and other stuff, and some other things after that. Right. Yeah, it's it's true. But republics are kind of democracies. They're like democracy light, kind of, maybe. They're they are indirect. A, yeah, they are indirect democracies. You could call them that, but. Yeah, like republics were the solution, were slash are the solution for, we would like to have a democracy, but that is very impractical when the fastest way we can send a message is by a horse. Um, also tends to be the solution when y- you say the people, the people, you can't trust, trust the, the people. people. Do you even own land? Yeah. Do you even own land? No. Then get out of here. Then get out of here. Why would I care what you had to say? Yeah, there's your... Uh, Maybe I'm but yes, there's also there's also a little bit of elitism in, in republics, yes. Right. And that's also your uh, CGP Grey quote for the day. Yes. That's um, one of the more fun CGP Grey quotes. It really is. What <laughs> is that's the Electoral College one, right? Yes. Okay. That's if you went back and yeah, that was his hypothetical. You went back in time to tell them that the Electoral College doesn't follow the will of the people, and that's because that's not what they wanted. Yeah. Because the people can't be trusted. Right. Plus the inconveniences you mentioned earlier. Imagine you know, I think that's, you know, imagine every time we want to add a new law, literally everyone in the United States has to vote on it. Right. Lull. Lull. No. <laughs> um, and not only that, but we all have to go to the same place to do that because turns out they didn't trust elections back then either. Like, cause it, there's a good point. Being Even raised. when it was harder to commit fraud. Right. <clears throat> but there was a legitimate concern about, 
okay, just because this piece of paper says what the people want on it, that piece of paper has to survive to the central government unchanged. And there's a lot of time. And distance, yeah. Right. but it's And it's hard to verify. Oops, I accidentally dropped all the opposition's votes on the way here. I Sorry. Yeah. But even if you, like, tallied the votes locally and then sent the result, that result is also still... Like, let me put it this way. Everything is suspect, yeah. yeah. It's the same problem we have today, weirdly enough, with diplomats so there's a reason that diplomats typically have to go to the country spoiler alert that they're a diplomat for and why we still use them um if you are if you have a lot of suspicions about a foreign nation right um how do you know that anything they send you is legitimate like this happens to people who want to immigrate for example Mm -hmm. i have documentation okay where is it in home country made by home country well we're not home country and we can't validate any of that information so we have to trust it to some degree so there's a bunch of processes around that but when it comes to the person it's there's this weird chain of things that happens where there's if you imagine it going back far enough there's the two diplomats that know each other and they know that they're from they they just know like they've they've witnessed some proof the easiest way to set up the next diplomat is to have the new diplo- have the old diplomat go back home, grab the new diplomat, and then come back with the new diplomat and say, hey, other old... Hey, everybody. This is a new diplomat. He's taking my job. Goodbye. Yeah, and everyone sees you and them in the same room and knows that, okay, so this person who we trust certifies this person who we now trust. Because otherwise, if the, if the old diplomat was recalled... You could just be anybody. Yeah. And you could it, be a spy from a totally different country. Yeah. And this happens. Yeah. Like... Like, a good example, imagine some small, like Sierra Leone, or Sierra Leone, I don't know if it's pronounced, but it's a small African nation on the west coast of Africa. Okay. Um, if I, an American, just showed up in a suit and... Hello, say, I am the president, or whatever. Right. Well, they might know who the president yeah, is. Yeah, I'm but... an ambassador from the United States. How are they going to verify that? Right. They, there's not a special hotline they can call directly to... And even if there was... I can see, yeah, here's my business card with a number they don't recognize that they're going to have to call and verify. But that could be your friend back home who answers the phone. Hello, White House. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there's really no way they can know and you know, until they go find out, you know, like... It, it's, right, they probably need to go, like, go back with you and see you, you know, <laughs> demonstrate some sort of authority. Yeah, right. To someone they've seen a picture of before, you right. know. But even then, that picture could be doctor. You don't know. It, it, the, the paranoia runs deep. But this is why we found at the time it was better. Now, let's unreal this back to how the Electoral College got here. Why we elected a person whose job it was to get on that horse and go to Washington to vote. That mixed with the the information that you have at the time you voted is going to be out of date. The two, it's going to be out of date. For some period of time before it even gets to you, it's going to be even further out of date by the time you made a decision. And it's going to be even further out of date by the time your results get back to the place that needs to get your results. So it's easier to send a person who can think, and we all agree has, they, they this guy right here knows what we want in a nutshell and can decide for us whether or not we like the thing that they're trying to do or not, if it's changed. And so that person goes there, looks over and says, hmm, well, my people thought it was this thing, but they would also be okay with this. So I'm going to vote yes. And then that's how it works. And that's why we do a representative democracy. Plus, like you said, the overhead of people. Right. (laughs) Collecting that many votes be hard. It's already hard enough to get the people in the local areas votes all right. If you look at the number of times we have to re... I used to think that recounts were hilarious. Like, yeah, because the number's going to change. It's wild to see how much that number changes just by recounting it. It's like, how bad is this? And then I remember it's people. People count these things, not machines. Like, don't get me wrong, machines tally and count. But it's a built-in backup. Then if the whole else fails and you you think that that machine we can messed rip up. up the, we can pull up the sheets of paper and just start counting. Yeah, Start counting. Have a big bunch of tables full of volunteers that sit there. and or I don't know if they're volunteers anymore. But people who sit there and put into piles. One here. Two. And then one over here. Three. And just for millions of votes are counted this way. Every time we need to have the people vote. Um. I think this is also incidentally is where like term limits come from. 
which I thought, which in speaking with a lot of people from Europe is interesting because that's not term limits are not really a thing in a lot of other places. It's you form a government until you decide that government no longer functions and then it dissolves and then you form a new one. Like you vote when you need to, not when it's time to, right? Um, but in America, it'd not be like that. It's, well, we're stuck with this for another two years because it was too hard to get people back and forth back then mm -hmm. to do that. It was unreasonable to be shipping people back and forth all the time. We, we got things to do out here. We're surviving in the wilderness. We don't have time to, you know, send a guy on a horse that may die on his way there to to vote. Um, anyway, interesting sidebars about why America is a republic and not a democracy. But still, but even still, um, it's it's a form of democracy. It's an indirect democracy yes. in a way, to be technical. It's a little D democracy, not a big D democracy, if you will. I don't know if that's how I want to make that distinction, but okay. I mean, I just wanted an excuse to say big D, little D, personally, but... Okay. It's just my craft. Suit yourself. <laughs> so, um, what are your thoughts on democracy? Good, bad, ugly? Um, I mean, it. things could be worse. There are worse systems than democracy. Like what? Um, monarchy. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Except in some cases, but... Um. Well, let's take a tangent. Let's talk about monarchy. Let's talk about monarchy real quick. Yeah, there is one very big advantage to monarchy. I think. Can you guess what it is? God's on your side. <laughs> no. Consistency. No. Oh, because that's not guaranteed either. That's true. What if the the monarch is insane? Right. Mm. No. The big advantage to monarchy is you know exactly whose head to cut off if there's problems. <laughs> that is actually true, yes. Nobody can hide behind the bureaucracy and say, ah, well, I, I'm not responsible for this. We all kind of did this. And you're not going to get all of us, are you? Um, no, it's the one with the crown over there. Uh, yeah, the one with the shiny yeah. thing on his head. Yeah. That's the one his whose head. head's That's the roll. one we're taking, yeah. Yeah. And then we're going to pick someone else whose head's going to roll next if it keeps going badly. Right. Which, you know, that's a good point. And it's kind of funny how even in, within democracies, when it gets down to the wire, when something actually needs to get done, we do kind of put that on someone's head. <clears throat> like, I think it's funny how designs will be done by committee, but execution won't be done by committee. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, this committee has designed this thing, and then they hand the torch to a person who they are going to... Your fault if this doesn't work. If it fails, it's your head, and then we'll find the next person, you know. Um, yeah, that's true. That's that's actually a pretty good advantage as far as knowing whose head That's the only roll. real advantage that I think you're guaranteed to get with a monarchy over a, over a democracy. Mm -hmm. But uh, otherwise, yeah, I think monarchy is bad. Um, well, and I mean, some people would also say that one advantage it has is that they can a monarchy typically can respond faster to changing circumstances because... There is no process. There's just one person. When they make a decision, it's carried out. Don't be wrong. There's still all the things that have to be done to carry the thing out. But very little time is spent, wasted, making a decision. Sure. And again, if it's taking too long to make the decision, well, there's the person who's holding you up. It's not, well, we want to vote this way on it and these people want to vote that way on it. But these group of people over here haven't voted yet or they're in the middle or whatever, you know. It keeps this whole process from being a thing where people can finger point, you know. Yeah, but of course, all the problems come in principle right. of why does the monarch get to be in charge? Well, because once upon a time they had the bigger army. Um, and that's sometimes pretty much it. Faster army diplomacy is also a thing. Sure, they, they ran to the building and had the religious guy put a sword on either side of his shoulders, and boom, you're the king. You're the king now. Um, Congratulations. And turtling is an effective strategy, so you can just be king as long as you turtle. Yes. Yes. Okay. So that's monarchies. Um, yeah, I would agree. It's better than monarchies. I would say that it's better than a lot of forms of government. You know. Um, Among forms of government. It's pretty it's good. It's not so bad. No. It's right up there with certain implementations of oligarchies, which are like the most indirectest of democracies. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like take republics, but it's just five people instead of, you know, a bunch of people. It's a very limited um, republic almost. Right. Yeah. So like I'm thinking of like Sparta 
in ancient Greece that operated on an it was a it was a weird oligarchic system where they still had kings. They had two, which is odd, like with equal responsibilities mm-hmm. too. It wasn't like like king and backup king. Yeah, no, it was king and king, and they could both go to war. They could both rule domestically, and there was no border where it's like you rule this half, I rule this half. Like no, they both were equally legitimate. They're both the king. Yeah, the, yeah, the king. But there's also this council of five people whose job it was to actually make decisions. The kings were just the doers. These five people were the decision makers, and these five people were elected. Um, more interestingly, they had a lot of built-in um, accountability in the form of the first thing you did when you five are done, and they, they serve for like on yearly terms, I think. When you five are done and the next five are elected, the first thing the new five do is put the old five on trial, like, essentially, for all the decisions they made and held them accountable. So if you were voted out because no one liked you, you could actually just be executed for the decisions that you made. So I think things would be a lot better if we went back to that, honestly. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> I, I will say the 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 accountability is not just, oh, you're no longer an oligarch. It's, oh, no, you don't get to go home yet. <laughs> You need to answer for why you decided to do what you did. And you don't have to go in front of all the people. You just need to convince me, the next guy in, why you decided to do what you do. Because people might look at your problem and say, why did you do it that way? You know, there, here's a better plan. But the guy with the better plan gets there, and then you tell him about something they didn't know about. And they go, oh, okay, yeah, that kind of makes sense. All right, you're good. I'll let you off the hook. But if you really were just, if you have no excuses, well... Your time has come. Your time has come. And we hold an execution the next day. Um, very interesting process. And there was much rejoicing. Um, <clears throat> and there was much rejoicing because guess what? Problems um, didn't happen very often. They were also very uh, unlikely to make decisions a lot of the time because of that. Because hear me out. You can't really be held accountable for not doing something. Right. But you can be accountable for doing something. So if you have what you think is a really good idea, you better be pretty confident it's a good idea. <laughs> Right. Or it's literally your head. So, um, yeah. So th- those are okay. I mean, I think some people would think that they're worse, but I think that's kind of the point when it comes to democracy. I think a lot of people are of the opinion that the more people who have a vote, the better. The more democratic you are, the better. Like there's a shrine built to democracy in like a lot of Western ideals. So I think here we can kind of go into the first. The first place, I think, where democracy sort of, in practice, gets away from its, what people, well, I actually, no, even in principle, it is different from people's conception of it, usually. Um, so, like, democracies started coming into favor after the Enlightenment. Um, and, you know, the Enlightenment was a time when people started valuing individual liberty more. Um and reason in general. Sure. Um, and so democracy was seen as a way like, okay, here's how we can get more individual liberty compared to monarchies that we were doing before. Right. And feudalism and the such. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, but people have this idea that like democracy equals freedom. Right. But it doesn't though right democracy in its purest form is everybody getting to tell everybody what to do and whoever there are more of just wins right where we we like think like in principle it's we think about how this is going to go ahead of time if we all disagree well there's more of us so we'll probably win so you should just do what we tell you to do right or else we'll beat you up like yeah (laughs) essentially yeah we're we're just conceding that we're all gonna that we would just go to war over this so how about instead of that you just do what i tell you to yeah because there's more like me right Mm -hmm. which that's also acknowledging like one of my biggest bones to pick with democracy it also kind of relies on this idea that we're all equal Everybody who votes is equal, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's the idea is that we receive an equal share or responsibility and vote. But the practical reality is, is that it's not that way. Like some people are responsible for more than others 
Mm -hmm. And so they are, they, I won't say they matter more, but like if good example, let's take a monarchy, for example, how many people does it take to rise up against the monarch and actually stop the monarch? If the monarch still retains the military, right? Right. How many do you actually, is it 50? Is it really 51%? Is that really what you need? No, no. Historically, no. No. You don't actually need that many to mobilize. Right. It, it has less to do with the number of people and the motivation of the people. Right? right. The willingness of those people to actually go to war. And that can be... And also the loyalty of the army. Right. Like when they actually see the people start rising up, are they actually going to shoot them? Yeah, because they're also people. Right. And citizens. You know, of that country, of yeah. that country, yeah, and they go home at the end of the day. They're not, they're soldiers from eight to five, but the, that's one third of their day. The other two thirds, they're a citizen under the same right. Role. And when they're going home, are they going to be afraid to keep wearing their uniform on the way home for fear of being attacked on the way, or have stuff thrown at them, or whatever? Right. Um. You know, are they going to lose morale when the people start calling them evil for supporting the king, or whatever? They have feelings too. Yeah. Right. But democracy kind of pretends that we would all go to war. But the reality is, is that not everybody would. It, but it's hard to tell based on how they vote. Like, for example, if the if 20% of the population votes for something because they're willing to w go to war about it, and the 80% votes against them, unless the 20% believe in the democracy, they will still go to war about it. I mean, that's what happened. That's how civil wars happen. Yes. Is people say, well, this democracy... You know what? Actually, no. We are going to do it this way. Yeah. And I'm going to grab my gun and we're going to do it. Yeah. Right. Like, democracy is no longer in alignment with what we believe the actual outcome would be. So the counterweight... So we actually are going to go to war now. Yeah. Right. And civil wars are looked on extremely negatively in general, but extremely so, I think, in de democratic systems because they're seen almost as a violation of the democracy, which it technically is, if to well, the yes. letter of what a democracy should be. But it also kind of is only really viable when the democracy yeah, failed think, to do its job, you know? Yeah, I think that that's the thing is, yeah, I, I sort of jumped one step ahead when I brought up the whole, well, we would all just go to war and so there's more of us, so we win. The, the other thing leading into that before people even think about that thing is they, they people are taught to believe that the democracy is somehow like cosmically legitimate right like because more like we should like it is it is fair that if more people want it then we should all do it right even people though just believe that this is fair even though it's literally the majority bullying the minority right good example if the majority of a country sees or believes that some other country is doing a bad thing, that majority can decide that we, TM, the country, are going to war. But you, the minority of soldiers, are going to go deal with it. Right. And so... Yeah, we are ordering you to go do that. Whether you actually believe in it or not, these are your right. orders. Yeah. Exactly. And, and not only that, but if you don't, then you don't believe in the democracy. Like, right, you're a traitor. Yeah. Right. You don't even get the option to opt out. Like, no, you're... Like, you're going to go. Or we're going to have other people who really want you to go that are also in the military that believe with us force you out there. Or, you know, treason. Whatever. Like you said. Right. Yeah. So I think you're absolutely right. That's where democracy really starts to fail in doing what it was originally intended to do, which was avoid conflict in decision-making in a case in which in lieu of someone in charge everyone has to agree right right like uh and, and there have been like modifications to democracy just for the record that kind of eliminate for the second here some people saying like that's only in a first past the post system where it's 51 percent. like that's true kind of it depends though it like does. yeah there's other voting systems for like electing representatives and things like that Right, you can just have more representatives and then do fancy stuff to to make sure that the representatives more accurately represent the proportions of the, you know, the different uh, voting blocks. But at the end of the day, all those representatives still have to get together and decide what we're gonna do now. 
Right. But I also mean like, even if you were to do a direct democracy for everything, like the, the classic example for how a single transferable vote, for example, would go is five people want to go out to eat. You have people list in rank and choice where they want to go eat. If two people want the most to go to veggie town and two people at the most really want to go to burger town, um, as their first option, neither of those is enough to say that's what we want to do as a group. So then you go to everybody's second option. Well, everybody's second option is to go to Om- Omnivore Town, where they have both. So you go to Omnivore Town as a compromise, because everyone's okay with that option. So you are actually getting what everyone... It's like building compromises into the vote system, where mm. you don't actually care about what people want. You care about what people would be okay with, which is, I think, an important corollary, because back to what we said before... It's not about what the 20% want. It's about what would the 20% be okay with. If the 20% aren't even okay with the thing, then that's a bigger problem than if they really want it. But if they'd be okay if you didn't do anything, then is it really that important? But then gamesmanship happens as always, which also is a thing that's prevalent in democracies where if I'm aware that this is how it works, like, like for example, if I really, really want something but I would actually be okay with something else. But I know that if I check okay for the second option, it gets another vote. Why would I put a second option that I'm okay with? If I, you know, that's almost counterintuitive to the thing that I really want, Mm -hmm. right? And so what you actually end up with is people trying to game the system, which already happens in normal systems. Like you gamify it. And that's always what happens when you give people a system to maybe get what they want, you know? Right, yeah, people strategize. Yeah. Um, but you know, besides those systems, it's it's still the same-ish problem. It's that you're wandering away from predicting the outcome. Like you're essentially asking people, what would you do if we didn't? Like, or what do you really want, or what are you really willing to do for it? And most votes are not done that way. But I was also going to say that you can also place artificial barriers in democracy. For example, we do this in the United States. There are some things that it doesn't just take fifty-one percent of the people. It takes like 75%. You can raise the threshold on decision-making to more guarantee a stronger majority so that you only act in the case when you know for almost certainty that it would never result in a civil war over it, right? Um, The problem you get to, though, is is that's not very progressive. It's very slow and hard to get people to agree on anything it's hard to get 51 percent consensus on some things nearly impossible to get 75 percent and in an issue in which you have two highly motivated sides that would absolutely fight over it if you don't make a decision that's almost as bad as deciding one way or the other so still doesn't solve your problem but it can mitigate instances in which just 51% decide to do something that the other 49% really don't want. And it's enough to get the 49% to actually like do something about it. Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah, that's, I think an interesting feature that's built in. And, and, And it's interesting too, because when I discuss democracy with people, that's one of the big criticism that even people that really believe in democracy have is that it's not fast enough that we can't get the things that we want quick enough that we need to be able to make better decisions better tm being get what i want faster or you know in general believing that the system was broken because people didn't vote the way i wanted them to like it's it's truly amazing that's that's a hilarious thing to me yeah it's like well if i didn't get what i wanted then clearly someone cheated failed um (laughs) yeah democracy (laughs) is failed people cheated (laughs) that's true though people be like that i mean and what do you do I mean, I think that this we're kind of getting back to what we talked about a little bit before we started that got us onto this topic is um, when we when you and I you know discuss things with people, it's really interesting to hear about people's ideas that they you know they got it all figured out. If we just did this thing, it would be great. And then ask them the question like, "But do you believe in democracy?" Because remember, it's the gold standard for governance right apparently apparently and it's and and it tends to be that depending on who you of what political persuasion you tend to be arguing with they would think that it is yes a lot more of the time but to then to tell them that yeah but people won't ever vote for that and here's why it 
in theory, that should be end of debate. So pick a new thing that people will vote for. Yeah. Instead, the answers are usually, well, people are stupid, so they shouldn't get to, like, all of a sudden, some very un- anti-democratic stuff starts coming right. out of then, them. <laughs> then it all starts bubbling up. The, uh, the, if only I were the dictator, things would be better. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Said every dictator ever. Yeah. Exactly. Which, to be fair, I would be a benevolent dictator. Just saying. Um, I am best dictator. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah. Me too, though. But, but, but me too, though. <laughs> yeah. If, if you ask anyone the question, like, if you could appoint a dictator, who would it be? Me. And the answer is not me. They're disingenuous and you shouldn't <laughs> ever talk to them again. Um, yeah. But... In a way, I do think one of the features of democracy that I like, I I do tend to enjoy when democracy places a higher than 51% barrier on things. Because in my mind, it is better to not act than to do something that could be wrong. Right? Right. And so, or frankly, the the fewer decisions and things that the government decides to do, in general, the better. So, well, why don't we, that, that kind of serves as an artificial way to keep them from doing things. Right. Yeah. And you you have to be a smaller and smaller minority of people to get trampled on, essentially. Right. Um it's way harder to get a three quarters majority than it is to get a simple majority. Yeah. And if you can actually get a three quarters majority vote on something, then yeah, people probably really do want that thing. Yeah, really want that thing. Um, and you would be hard pressed to not go ahead and have that thing anyway like there's that weird point at which it kind of doesn't matter what gets voted on it would just happen anyway right you know um a good example being you know if people really say you live in a city that and you enough people want to put a park in a place there comes a point in time where the effort to actually get enough people to vote and get that thing is harder than just building it yourself and you would just build it yourself, you know, and just say, well, we're just going to buy the land and build the park anyway. And that's a good thing. Like in my mind, that's a, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. It should only be things that we all agree on that we're going to spend all our money on. If enough of you all want it, then y'all go buy the land and build a park and be done with it. You know, and these things I think would work pretty well if there was a, if you, if you started over with, you know, nothing on the books. I think there's plenty of things that most people would agree on. For example, you know, if people kill someone else, shouldn't we do something about that? Vast majority of people would say, yeah, probably. Let's do that one. Okay. You know, should we levy a 10% tax on your food? Most people would probably say, no, probably shouldn't do that. You know, like, pretty easy or, or enough people would say, no, nah, I don't want to do that. Yeah, you probably couldn't get 75% of people to agree to that. Yeah right um but you might get two percent or something like that you know what i mean like you you can get it low enough to actually make some sense um but yeah i mean that's also where the whole tyranny of the masses things come from right you know like right i I think this goes without saying but like just because enough people want it doesn't make it morally right i think that's the whole that's the other thing you hear a lot when people kind of point out some of the flaws of democracy is does enough people wanting it make it right? Right. I mean, like, okay, let's let's take the United States, for example. Like, the numbers exist. White people could just vote to bring back slavery. They have the numbers if they wanted to do that. Yeah. They don't. They which don't. is a good thing. Right. But if they wanted to... They totally could. But and I, if you believe in democracy, then that's legitimate. Right. Which I think that brings up another whole point um constitutional democracies because that's, that's the answer given i think a lot of the time for questions like that is well mm-hmm. that's why we have to build in breaks like we have to set up some rules that limit even democracy because that's essentially what the constitution is now spoiler alert it actually doesn't limit democracy it just makes it harder because yes like there there is not very much difference between just writing a law and amending the constitution in the united states it's it just requires more votes it requires a greater majority and a couple of other you know technical loopholes to to jump through right um or hoops to jump through i should say not loopholes um what's the difference what's the difference 
They're both whatever. They're um, both holes. <laughs> so anyway, but essentially it's but but if enough people want it, like they can change the concept. You can if enough people want it, you can write anything you want in the United States Constitution. Yeah. Imagine if enough people wanted to ban like the sale of a product. Like alcohol. Like we did, yeah, because we actually just did that. It's a pretty short amendment, too. It's like one, two sentences. Yeah. I think it's just one sentence. It might just be one. Yeah. It's like, hey, you just can't sell this anymore. It's not illegal to buy it, but it is illegal to sell it. By the Constitution. By the Constitution, period. You can also write another sentence that says, yeah, except for that. And remove, undo... <laughs> Oops, just kidding. Lol, um, JK, that amendment. Yeah. Wild. I I would love to go back and learn the history about how that actually came about. Because it's wild to think about. I think because a lot of people in the United States have this idea that the Constitution is this ever-changing historical... Do- is this never-changing historical document? No, it changed all the time. Yeah. Um, just not very recently, though. Right. It has been a little while since the last amendment. Yeah. Yeah, like, I would be curious to know how long do we, like, what's the longest we've gone without changing it? And I also feel like if history, if my memory of American history serves me correctly, the changes tend to come in little bursts. Like, once people realize that they can do that, they kind of want to keep doing it a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, like, oh, wait a minute. We can do that? Oh, cool. Well, we should also, while we since we did this, we should probably also do that and and this other thing too. And then they wait for a little while. Like, okay, that's good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have the list? That's all you're typing. Yeah, I pulled. I found the list of the amendments, but I can't quickly determine. Well, okay, maybe I can. We're looking for the biggest gap between amendments. Yeah, because what was the last one? The last one. Let's see. Proposed. Oh wow, that's actually fun. Okay, the the last com- uh, ratified amendment was the twenty seventh amendment, which delays laws affecting congressional salary from taking effect until after the election of the next Congress, um, which was ratified in nineteen ninety two. Oh wow, that's not as long ago as I thought it was. First proposed September twenty fifth, seventeen eighty nine. Woof. Yeah. Only took about you know two hundred years. Age of the country. <laughs> Maybe we should do this. Yeah, we'll get to it 200 years later. Oh, yeah. Oh, interesting. Uh, That was proposed. Okay, all of those propositions are uh, the same day. September 25th, 1789 is when all the 10 amendments of the Bill of Rights were proposed. That's fascinating. That's one of the original proposed amendments, but it wasn't ratified until 1992. Fun how that works, isn't it? That's interesting. Yes. Okay, so maybe it does get modified more often than I think it does. And then <laughs> uh, before that was 1971. So, but that, that kind of tracks though, because 27 amendments over the course of around, what, 200-ish years? Wait, math's wrong. No, that's about right. Hmm. Around 200 years? Yeah. 250 almost, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so 27, 250 years, that's every 10 years or so ish yeah ish. if you were to average it mm-hmm. yeah that's not terrible it is interesting though that things like that make it into the constitution like i think most okay. people would look at that and go yeah that's pretty important but there's also a lot of things that we consider to be really important that never make it in you know they just they just stop it becoming law you know right um if anything i think a lot of the times because like like you said, it's it's a little more complicated. You have to get a lot more approval. Like, and that's I guess my next question is like, when does it go from being a proposal? Like, because I know that Congress has to approve it, President signs it, and then states ratify it, right? Like that's the process. Like one of the processes, theoretically, the states can just do what they want. Whole other thing, where you realize that America is a country of countries that can actually just do what they want. Mm-hmm. If they, if enough of them agree, regardless of their individual populations, which is another thing, why the electoral college is important that most people don't realize why that's important. Because if it doesn't matter if, if of the 300 million people in this country, if all, if all but one per remaining state lived in all but 49 lived in California, well, the rest of the country could still just do whatever it wanted to technically speaking. 
those other 49, not even 49, you don't even need that many. I think you just need 35. I think 35 of them to just get together and decide that we're going to do it differently because we said so. Anyway, interesting. But uh, I think it's referred to as like the tyranny of the masses is something that's referred to when discussing democracy a lot. Um, yes. Or the tyranny of the majority. The majority, maybe. yes, is normally how it's said. Right. Um, because at the end of the day, democracies can still do all the atrocious things that a monarch can do without the benefit of knowing who's responsible, but with the benefit of knowing that it's going to be a lot harder to, you know, less likely that enough people are going to be mad enough about it to go do something, right? I don't know. I think to me, what, you know, I said this at the very beginning, but one of the things that I think doesn't work well with democracy, it's not just the number of people that can go to war of it, because more and more throughout human history, it matters less and less how many people. It really, really just kind of depends on how motivated people are, because more so now than ever can a small group of people achieve a lot with force multipliers if they're motivated enough mixed with the lack of motivation of someone else, you know, I think some people, you know, they will, they'll think about like, Oh, what about if the, you know, let's just take the top 1% of the population as far as socioeconomic status, right? If they leveraged their collective wealth against the other 99%, you know, what could they actually achieve to overpower the 99%? That's the fear often discussed, right? And that's and this is often said as to why we need democracy. But the inverse of that is if that's something you're really scared of, what can the 99% really do if the 1% really didn't want to, mm-hmm. you know? Like imagine we made a law tomorrow where we decide we're going to just go behead the 1% of the population and redistribute their wealth. Like something egregiously terrible, which I don't think anyone would ever propose. I would hope not. Uh, Don't be so sure about that. (sighs) Okay. No sane person would ever propose. I'm going to stick to my guns on that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I would stick to my guns in either case, but still. Um, I, I would think that you would have a hard time actually making that happen even if it passed through a democracy you know like it doesn't matter what you voted for enough motivated people don't care and it's just not going to happen um and some people will say well this is why you know if if any democracy tm that allows this to happen is not very legitimate but the reality is democracy isn't a the democracy isn't a thing just like the government isn't a thing at the end of the day, it's a bunch of people, right? And just like how we complained earlier, like, it, like for example, same thing. Imagine this country, but you wanted to have a war, but no one was a soldier. It doesn't matter how many people vote to go fight a war. If no one signs up to be a soldier, then you don't go to you war. You just don't go to war. You just cannot a war, you know? Too bad, you know? Um, and I think that's another thing that you know, all of these things essentially are speaking about d- how democracy kind of delineates from reality. Like, because... Right, like, yeah, democracy kind of believes, if we want to personify it as a thing that can believe, um, democracy believes that it can will things into existence. Right, well, I think more importantly, the thing that you can personify, most citizens of a democratic country think that they can will things into existence. Right. You know... I mean, look at how many countries are trying to provide universal health care at low cost. They're trying mm-hmm. to will it into existence. And some places are doing better than others, but these systems are always broke. Right. And people are like, well, we don't want to pay more money for it, though. But that kind of doesn't matter. What It doesn't matter if you don't want to. Do you want it or not? You have to pay for this somehow. Right. You know, and the problem on top of that is, is no one wants to be responsible for it, you know? And I think that's why, like, monarchies went into debt. That's, debt is not a unique thing to de- to democracies, right? Right. That being said, though, if the monarch went deep enough in debt, 
there comes a point where it just forfeits the kingdom or its head rolls and someone else becomes king who didn't screw it up who, who they owed money to right um there's no one person you can go after in a democracy to do that like it's kind of a weird thing too like like for example if say, say america decides to borrow a bunch of money from a foreign country to fund itself but then finally this massive debt comes due right and the people who were elected back then that voted to do this are dead they're not the government anymore right hi we're the new government okay well i won't well you owe us this money Mm, no now what now what yeah what are you gonna do are you gonna go to war that's the answer yeah that's the only thing you actually can do right well i suppose you can do you know sort of trade sanctions and things like that to try and enforce their hand but right. ultimately, if you really want it, you're going to have to go fight for it. Yeah. The, the point is that you can't, the democracy cannot just start turning land over and selling it. Like, right. I mean, it could, I guess. I guess they could vote to do that. But but that also involves you taking it from someone, too. Because that's the other thing you got to keep in mind. In a lot of monarchies, the, the king own all the land. It's, right. That's just part of the thing. Yeah, yeah. That's their land. He lets you work on it. Or she lets you work on it in the case of a As queen. The case, maybe, yeah. Right. In a democracy, typically speaking, at least in America, the people own most of the land. There's pretty big sections of it that are federally held, but who actually owns it? No one. We just all decided that no one can own it. And then in lieu of all that, the government is the custodian of it. Mm-hmm. But we could also vote to have it turned over to private citizens. We do that all the time. We just all agree that, well, it's smarter not to just sell it. It's better to lease it because it's generally a better model, right? But either way, all of those things are essentially people attempting to will things into existence, you know? And this isn't so much a... But this is a problem in democracies in the way that it's very easy to promise things that you don't have to deliver, you know? Like, me, the politician... What am I really being asked to do? Like, what do the people really want? Does it actually matter? <laughs> you know, which is more important to me, the politician? What people say they want or what they really want? Which one gets them out to vote? What they think they want or what they say they want? What they say they want. Oh, I'm sorry. What they really want or what they say slash think they want. That's what I should have said before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's what they say slash think they want. And you can convince people to want things easy without them actually wanting them, you know? And at the end of the day, you can act, I think the best measure for whether or not you really want something is what are you willing to give up for it, you know? But democracy doesn't ask you to give up anything. Well, it asks you to pay, it, it demands you pay your taxes, but it doesn't ask you for taxes. It tells you to give those taxes. But and, and so when you go to vote, you feel as though you're owed that back in some way, right? This whole no taxation with that representation idea is that, well, you've already taken my money. So now I'm going to tell you how to spend it. It was spent the day you gave it to him, you know. <laughs> well, actually, it was spent about a couple years before you gave it to him, you know, because we're in debt, right? So there's no sense in trying to track your money anymore. That's not really a thing. You know, I don't know, like it, it just, there's a ton of, I think, examples in which it doesn't make sense with reality. And I'm beginning to wonder, do democracies actually solve problems or does it, is it a convenient vehicle for can kicking that causes problems to accumulate over time and then erupt in a much more violent way than they would have before? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, a good example, it, you know, all pretty much every democracy that has ever existed has failed at some point but to be fair so has almost any monarchy like governments fail mm-hmm. eventually with time and but but if you look at i think the reasons that they fail like they fail for different reasons like kings get conquered because kings decide to do stupid things or they just get conquered because they weren't defending well enough right and they're usually small enough these kingdoms to be conquerable without and and usually it's New king kills old king, but for the serf, the life's pretty much the same. Right. I'm still a serf, you know? Still paying money is just a different guy's name. Yeah. Um, 
But when democracies fail, they splinter, like, badly a lot of the time. You know, like, look at Rome. Rome didn't just fall apart. It collapsed, like, and broke into a bunch of pieces, you know, after it cut itself into two pieces. And then we don't call the other one Rome anymore. But, right, you know. Um, and I feel like it's because in a democracy, if enough of you want something and... Like, if you imagine a perfect 50-50 split, but both sides were so motivated to want it. There's a middle option besides me making you do it, and that's me going and doing it, and you can't stop me, right? Like, imagine if the problem isn't that I want all of us to do something, but I want to be able to do something, you know, or I want to do things this way. Mm -hmm. You want to do things some other way. Democracies don't function well when... Because we're not going to both want to get to, you know, we can't both do our thing, right? In theory. Yeah, depending on what the thing is, but we're going to pretend that this one is one sure. that we can't. Yeah. Well, let's just, let's get real here for a minute. So, like, imagine you feel like your country has way too many firearm homicides, right? Mm-hmm. One side's opinion is, well, this is why we need more firearms in the hands of law-abiding citizens. That's how we solve the problem. Mm-hmm. The other side says, no, 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 it's the exact opposite. We need to take them away from people. And if no guns, no firearm homicides. Mm-hmm. If we both oversee the same area, or the government that we're both voting for oversees the same area, you cannot have both of those policies simultaneously. Right. We can have more and less, yeah. Yeah. So how do we both get what we want? Well, on the face of it, you can't. Right. But the reality is, is that but you could say in this place you do and in this place you don't. Because we also don't all live in the same place. Mm-hmm. We're pretty big, at least in the United States. And I think that's why you see democracies fracture. You see issues come about in which both sides would rather just get their way. And So how about we have our way over here and you can have your way over there. Right. And that usually erupts into a civil war. Which is interesting. Because... Well, you say that. We have state laws. We we do, but we're very different than a lot of other places. Yeah. But imagine America was a unitary government. Mm-hmm. It was just one. Right. Then that's a problem. Yeah. Right. Um, or we, well, we do have state laws, but we also both want, maybe one side wants to make this a thing everywhere and the other side wants to make this a thing everywhere. Right. Because we can. It's not, it's not an issue about whether or not I can make it where I live. It's more, I want to make this a thing everywhere. Or at right. the very least, stop you from making it a thing everywhere. Mm-hmm. Either way, you still end up with more people being happy with, well, fine. Why don't you do that over there? We'll do it over here. And in my mind, I don't know why this always seems to end up in a war. <laughs> you know? Um, right. We could just leave each other alone. And you go do your thing over there. Yeah. But very rarely do democracies tend to dissolve peacefully for whatever reason. It's never a clean breakup. No, it's not. It's always messy. Even in times when they do successfully decide to break up just with a vote. I mean, this isn't exactly the same thing. But like when a country wanted to leave the European Union and they voted to do it. I mean, that's still a mess. And they weren't even like this. One wasn't even a country. It was just a super national entity, mm-hmm. right? Not a country, but like, well, it doesn't call itself a country anyway. It tries to be one though, but either way, thoughts uh, on the European Union later. <laughs> How do we fix all these governments? I got an idea. We make a bigger one. We make bigger one. Germany in the middle. The EU is the fourth Reich. Changed my mind. Anyway, that's not what this show is about, uh, this episode. But maybe next time. But maybe (laughs) next time. Probably not. But. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, I mean, let's look at the American Civil War, right? It didn't actually start out as a war. I don't think most people realize that. Like, these states that seceded from the Union... They left a while, a little while before a war a fighting started. started. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, and it ironically was all started over who owned a military base. Like, well, this is in our territory, like Fort Sumter, South Carolina. The reason it was attacked by Confederates is because not because they wanted to take the war to the Union. No, it's because it's in South Carolina. It's like, hey, you over there, you are y'all the Americans or are you Confederates? We're Americans. Cool. Well, then you're trespassing. Get out. Like That's essentially how it went down. Mm-hmm. And they said, no, we're not. This is ours. And South Carolina disagreed and they bombed the crap out of it. Um, it could have happened the other way, too. It, 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 You know what I mean? Like, it could have gone either way. It just so happened that one wanted to leave and the other one just happened to have been there before, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, didn't need to be a war, but... Essentially, at that point, it was just seen as an act of foreign aggression. You know, hey, they're trying to take one of our military bases on their land. Wait. Like, hmm. hmm. Seems like a good enough reason to go to war for me. Um, but, like, what was they, you know, what was trying to be regained? Like, it depends on who you ask. I'm not a historical expert on the American Civil War. But, you know, I do remember learning enough about it to, to hear things like, oh, well. You know, the Confederates didn't really didn't have what they needed to fight a war. You know, they were actually far less technologically advanced and have all these things like, okay, then why did you want it back then? You know, like, and there's something to be said about the abolitionist movement at the time, but imagine you didn't have abolitionists, you know, imagine you have people that were, they, they weren't okay with slavery, but they, but they weren't going to go fight for it either. Yeah. Right. You know, think of them but think it might have been different you know and when you look at issues these days you know i think it's weird that you you know you hear a lot of talk about this like well why can't we just go do what we want over here you know and in certain policies it makes sense right like imagine you decide you wanted to have universal health care and it's a failing system that you need more money for oh look there's a bunch of money over there let's blame something on them and bring them back into this fold and take their money you know mm-hmm. like it makes sense you know, but no one would say that's why it was what it was about, you know. Right. Because you're just going to add more problems as well. Because now you have to offer universal health care to all those people too. Even though you're taking money from them. But I don't know. It, it's it's odd to me. Like, I feel like democracies wouldn't be such a bad idea if there was an out. Like, if democracies could decide to just say, okay, well, we're everyone over here wants to do this thing. So we're going to do this thing. Right. Like, and that's why I think there's a lot of benefit to the American model of the Republic is that, you know, I don't know who said it first, but there was this idea that the States should be the test bed of democracy where things that are a little more out there can get tried because all the people there want that thing TM. Right. Without having to push it on everybody else. Right. Um, but the problem still remains just because you think you want something or maybe you want something that's impossible but you can still vote for it right and i and i know in, in your mind it's like okay well just don't be naive it's like well, but you can't help that though some people don't think it's naive to want some things you know right. like you and i hear people think oh let's just have a universal health care it's like but that's not really that's pretty naive like the honest ones are the ones telling you how much it's going to cost and that's why I don't want it, you know, right? Because of what it costs. Um. But then there are still plenty of people that vote with them that think that they can just vote for it, you know. Not to mention what happens when you vote to take things from other people. Mm-hmm. That's always fun. Yeah. What if we just had what those people over there had? We could just do that. Right. <laughs> it's like playing. Except a- that they have options too. Right. Like, it's like a weird party game where you have nine people over to your house and then you bring in an armed guard and the armed guard has to do with do whatever at least five of them all agree to do. That's kind of what believing in a democracy is like. If five of them say, you know what, take that man's money and give it to us. Armed guard. Okay. Give me your money. Hand it over. Yeah. Yeah. At gunpoint, you know, kind of how it be. That's kind of how it is. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't think that's how it is, I mean, look at how we don't tax people evenly. You know what I mean? Like, I think that there's this idea that, oh, well, you have more than me, so you should pay more than me. Well, spoiler alert, that's what already happens with a percentage. You're going even farther to say, like, because if I had $100 and you had $10, David, and we both agreed to pay 10%, who's paying more in? 
You. Me. Yeah. I'm paying 10 times what you're paying in. Right. But I have 10 times more than what you do. It's proportional. But that's not how it works. Somehow we decided that, oh, the no, more you, you should have... actually pay 20 because you have more. Right. Okay. So then I give you 20 and you give one still. Mm-hmm. But then you look over and you still have your $9, but I still have my $80. And you go, well, that's ridiculous. He still has more money than me. Right. Maybe we should take 50%. You know. Right. Yeah. It's kind of messed up. But that's fair, right? TM. TM. I don't know. It's. Let's look at one more system real quick because I know we're coming up on time. But like. Imagine like, you know, how could we do this any other other way then? You know, like, is there a system that people can voluntarily participate in that, you know, can actually account for what people want while also acknowledging the fact that reality exists and certain things are just impossible? And if someone promises it to you and then doesn't deliver, they're liable. Hmm. Is there a system that we can use to get all of these things, you know? What do you think? Yes. Yeah. That's what a market is. Mm-hmm. A free one at that. Just saying. Like, if, if your goal is, like, if you if you care about reality and you care about what's possible, you would use a market because that's how you get people to stop being dumb. It's, it's true. Like, don't get me wrong. People will still be dumb and spend their money on dumb things. But guess what? That's how you get people who are dumb to pay the consequences for being dumb. Right. If that's what you really want. That's how you get people who make promises they can't fulfill keep their promises. Because people failing to fulfill a promise can now be held liable because they failed to come up with it on a transaction. Right. You know. So how do we open a free market government? (laughs) Well, op- opening one might not be too hard, mm-hmm. but maintaining it, uh, probably impossible. Um, because as soon as there's the armed guard among us nine, well. Yeah, but imagine you had government incorporated. Wait. No. <laughs> oh, wait. That's already what it is. That's what democracy is. By the is. way, democracy is just a corporation of the guys with guns and every citizen is a shareholder in the corporation. Yep. Well, not everyone. What do you mean? I mean, sometimes we decide that people have been so bad that they don't get a vote anymore. Like felons. True. Which is the easiest way to reduce the... Okay, if we ignore exceptions like that, right? Pretty big exceptions, but yeah. Well, you're right. <laughs> but anyway... Well, that's the thing, though, right? The shareholders can vote that actually these other shareholders don't get a vote. And um, as long, yeah. Talk about the real way to cement yourself as the majority. Hey, how about you just vote to make yourself the majority all the time? Cool. Wild to think that no one's ever tried that. I mean, they kind of... They have, though. They kind of did, though. <laughs> yeah. Weird when you think about it in that terms, though. Hmm. So, I guess in summary... Democracies, compared to the old way of doing things, better. Right. It is a step in the right direction. Not perfect. No. By far, not perfect. Certainly should not be the end goal. Right. And I don't think that we should cling to it as the best way to do things and perhaps maybe look for better alternatives. Perhaps. Or if you feel as though your democracy is not serving your needs, maybe... Just start using something that does, which is what people already do. What did people do before the government served their needs? Because, you know, there are a lot more entitlements today than existed in any time in history. You mm-hmm. know, what do, what do you what do you do? Like, for example, you and I are not entitled to money. So how do I get money? Well, I go somewhere that's not. Well, we go to somewhere that's not the government to get our money. Some people do decide to go to the place the government which has the money to get their money but most people don't go to the government to get their money you go to someone else you know and in like the united states the government doesn't make anything really anyway 
The government right. doesn't even make anything. It goes to other people to get its stuff. Right. Yeah. So that's what we already do is go to other people to get our stuff. And I think it's only when you, and I think that's the dangerous part is what happens when you want something that no one can give you. You kind of want to vote to make the government give it to you because it's the catch all, you know? And I don't think there's any limiting that, you know, last note. I don't think there's any way to limit that. Like, I don't think you can build into the constitution a thing where it's like the government must deliver only if it's absolutely possible. And then you get, then what? Do you get the yeah, Supreme Court? Yeah, but who decides what's possible? At that point, it would be the Supreme Court because the someone could sue the government for not doing something it said it was going to do. And then it would be up to the Supreme Court, which is the government, by the way. It's part of it would have to decide the interpretation of what is possible. And now it's even, you're kind of down back to the oligarchy mode where you have now nine people again, you know. Convenient number. Convenient. Used to be less. That's true. Yeah. So, used to fewer, be. Fewer, actually, would be the correct word for that. Yeah, it used to be fewer. Do you even know what it used to be before it was nine? you know what the original number was? A zero. Oh, <laughs> yes. Technically. Technically. <laughs> but, but as it was established, what was the first... What were the, f- the first number of... I don't remember. Four? I think it was five. You might be right. You know, I mean, we modeled democracy after the Greeks. Might as well model the other stuff too. Right. Just different Greeks. Yep. Also the architecture. Not that that's related True. to the way the government works, but we do love our Greek architecture when it comes to government buildings. Yes, we do. It's a homage. Yes. I don't think I have anything else. Me either. Philosophers. Philosophers. If you like the music in this episode, please check out Jippy on Bandcamp at jippy.bandcamp.com. Philosophers is supported by viewers like you. If there's a topic you'd like us to discuss, or a topic you'd like to see revisited in the future, please let us know by contacting us using the methods in the description, or in the comments below. Thank you for listening.